Schlob Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. <laughs> yes. You know who they're talking about. My name is on the show. That's who they're talking about. Folks, I am the Fantasy Gesture. Yes, the Fantasy Gesture Show. Welcome aboard for another great edition from beautiful D-Land, Florida, where it is currently eh, not as beautiful as I'd like. It's 83 and raining, actually, so it's still beautiful. I don't care. Anyway, how you doing, folks? Hope everybody's doing well wherever you are, and I hope it is nice wherever you're listening tonight. Thank you for joining in. We, uh, oh my goodness, we have had so much going on at FantasyJesterSports.com and our shows, and I I wanted to, (laughs) I was going to rant today. I I really had a good rant and picked out, um, it seems we have uh, more people who can't think on their own, but I'm going to forego that. I want to keep the upbeat tempo today and the happy feelings You know, we started this just a few short months ago, folks, and the early support has been fantastic. I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am for all the followers early. I mean, you guys are fantastic. We are doing everything that we can at our end to provide you a great show, and you are showing JT and I and the rest of the gang really some love. Thank you so much. Can't, can't, I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am. It's so early. 10,000 Twitter followers now. A couple of interesting people now follow me. I've got state senators. I've got uh, radio personalities, TV personalities like Bonnie Bernstein following me and little by little folks. And now, recently, this past week, uh, the official letter has gone out. All you folks in Jesterville, I've been telling you this was coming. The letter went out this past week to challenge Matthew Berry in fantasy football for charity. Sent the letter out early this week to him. Sent him an email. And now I'm going to wait a little bit to see what happens from there. Worst case, I'll go to his boss. And then if not, I'm going to go to social media. I'm going to go to all of you to join me in this. Who wants to see? You know, I talk about how good I am at this. Man, I talk about how good JT is and a couple of my friends and whatnot. Well, how good is Matthew Berry, folks? How good is he? How good are his friends? Let's do it for charity. I can't think of a better reason. Let's do it for charity. But I'm sitting here, I'm saying I've got a pretty damn good record, and I, wanna, I want a little attention for it. And if anybody who knows me knows that, for lack of a better term, I am a spoiled brat, and I get whatever the hell I want. One of the things I want 
besides FXE to be huge in Florida, I want to challenge Matthew Berry in fantasy football. Now, this is going to happen. He's going to come willingly, or he's going to come kicking and screaming, but he's going to come. I mean, we're not going to stop, and all of you out there are going to help us get there. Uh, And that's what I like, is I know our little gestorians of Jesterville, 10K strong and growing, well, put, help me put the pressure on this man. We're going to get these numbers to grow. He'll have to listen to JT and I. And, folks, over on the Twitter, you can get me at fantasy underscore jester. You can get JT at Fez, F-E-Z, 437. He will answer you. He'll get into it with you. I mean, everybody thinks that I'm the argumentative one and, you know, for – that's pretty true. I will argue the hell out of anything. I mean, that that's true if I have an opinion on something. But I'm not alone in that. There's a reason why he's my partner in, in this, and it's not just for his knowledge. It's for his tenacity. And that tenacity is taking both of us places, his tenacity and mine, because we will keep going. It's just, it's not a matter of if. We're going to get there, folks. It's just a matter of when. Matthew Berry's the next step, but that's just a step. We're headed for great things, and thank you so much. Tonight, speaking of great things, folks, <laughs> football is coming. Yeah! Football is on the way, folks. Next week, Hall of Fame game? Get out of here! Let's get this going. Now, in that, during the month of August, I'm going to work my way around the camps here in Florida. I'm going I'm to go down to Miami. I'm going to talk to a couple players down there, see what I can get on the show for you folks. I'm going to go over to Jacksonville, same thing, and then over to Tampa. And we'll see what we can get for you guys as far as uh, any inside story of what may be going on in the camps for you. You have your fantasy leagues. You're getting ready to draft. Me, personally, I always save my drafts for the last 10 days of preseason. And then I do my drafts so that I can get a good perspective, not just on the players, but also any potential injuries. And that'll be perfect because by then, at least you'll have our insider information on, the, at the very least, the three Florida camps. Now, we'll see what else we can get in on, and I've got somebody working on the Giants camp for me and whatnot, but I know what I can deliver, and that's what I want to talk on first. So, you know, um, and that's where we're going to go. Tonight is let's get football going. Let's talk football. Let's talk about Carolina Panthers. You know, where would they have be right now had they taken Gabbert and not Cam? I mean, people forget about how that draft went. I mean, think about what that team would be like. You know, there are some people out there who still believe that Gabbard just hasn't had the talent around him, whether it's Jacksonville or San Fran. And I, I, I actually happen to be one of those people that uh, I feel that he's better than what he's had the opportunity to show. And he keeps – when he was in Jacksonville, it wasn't just the lack of talent. They kept changing coaching and kept changing uh, offensive coordinator and just a horrible team around them at the time. And you get over to San Fran, and San Fran's a depleted offensive line, and uh, 
and learning a new system and whatnot. Now, I'm not saying he's Cam, but uh, we'll get JT in on that. I want to see what he has to say. You know, we've got the news of the day. Our regular factor fantasy segment really is people are liking this because we're getting a good amount of opinions on whether or not they agree with uh, JT and I. Gronk, Bennett will combine for more than 22 touchdowns this year. Factor fantasy. Miami defense will register 50 sacks this year. Factor fantasy. Since he misses the playoffs. Fact fantasy. Jacksonville, the local guys, they go from 5-11 to AFC South champ. Factor fantasy. Jack Del Rio. Now we're going over to the left coast. Jack Del Rio, coach of the year. And Eli Manning. And Hey, wait a minute. You know, before I get yelled at for talking about Eli, how dare me, I, you know, Giant fan, bring up Eli on the show, because I'm told I always bring up the Giants. What's funny is the anti-Giant, my co-host, was the one that came up with this. Eli Manning collects his first All-Pro. I don't know. We'll see about that. And, you know, that's it. That, that's what we're going to bring you is football, football, football today. JT, let's get him. You know, I can't go anywhere without him. You all know each and every one of our shows, whether it's FXE Live on Wednesdays, the Gridiron Guys on Thursdays. JT is with me wherever I go. Jason Townsend, the king, the real king of Ohio. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a, a position that one uh, enjoys having, I guess. At least I don't. But, uh, you know, hey, good thing about Ohio is we do have some good football up here. you got the Bengals. Notice I'm not going to mention that team a little farther north. Uh, we got the <laughs> Bengals here in, in Ohio. So, You've got RG3. Pittsburgh close enough. Is Pittsburgh close enough for me to count? I mean, come on. I don't want to count that team up north. I thought that's what everybody from Ohio has been doing all along. Oof. I'll tell you. It's uh, going to be fun. I mean, we got camps rolling in. Uh, We got lots of good NFL stories out there. Um, You know, the big one of the day, DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, you and I touched on this a little earlier in uh, the meeting. But, you know, there's a little more to that. He never actually reported to camp. Therefore, he can hit $40,000 fine daily immediately. Whereas had nice. he have reported to camp, he then would have got a letter saying that with the next, or in five days the Texans can start fining him. So, you know, that's, that's going to be an interesting development and a costly one if Hopkins stays out for very long. You know, and here's the Houston would play it smart to do the right thing here in this. They don't have to negotiate with him, okay? And next year, I mean, this year he's scheduled to make a million, which, yeah, I mean, I'd be a little upset if I was him too, even though I agreed to it in contract. But, that, that, you know, owners break contracts all the time, so they got a lot of nerve when a a player does. So, and he's scheduled to make seven next year. 
get them in camp. Tell them you're right. Okay, but listen, you got to stay with your regular uh, schedule. We'll do five this year, and we'll start negotiating next year. Yeah, roll bump them up a little bit. Show them something. Yeah, show them that you're willing to bend a little bit, but you're not going to go ahead and just restructure everything right now if it doesn't work for you. And, hey, listen, if it works for you, then just go ahead and do it. Get it done. Get him in camp so that he can work with your new quarterback. Well, That's my, my question to you, Jester. My, my question to you, Jester, is would you say that DeAndre Hopkins is as much of a factor on offense as J.J. Watt is on their defense? Wow. Um, not as much any longer in this. Unless Clowney starts coming up and playing to potential, okay, J.J. Watt is their lone star on defense. Now, on offense, I think the addition of Miller actually gives you that one-two punch now. See, if you ask me, Watt needs another defensive end that's going to create havoc. I understand that right. they wanted thinking that, you know, give them the defensive tackles, that'll help, okay? But, no, it's making the line have to be unbalanced or, or shift and – play for the two ends. You know, that's one thing from watching the Giants I had learned is that, you know, when Strahan was there and OC or Strahan and Tuck, you know, it was the outsides. You never talked about the insides because everybody was busy. You know, the the guys on the inside ended up with single coverage because the two guys outside were going to be, you know, they're going to draw attention. Well, so get JJ Watt, somebody outside. My thought to saying that is, you know, one thing Brock Osweiler did do well in Denver was uh, run the play-action passing game. Lamar Miller really adds some credibility to that play-action pass to draw those safeties up and give some one-on-one, uh, you know, deep, deep routes over the top. But my point is, for Houston to come out with the stance that we don't rework contracts as an organization when they have two years left, well, that's a little interesting because they just did that for J.J. Watt here recently. So well, yeah. you, can't say, you can't say that you're not going to rework a, a contract with two years left as an organizational standard when you just did it. I think it would be wise for that, you know, them to get in a room and get a new contract for this guy because uh, he definitely earned it. Without a question. And, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is Houston needs to be smart about this from on so many different levels, exactly what you're talking about uh, as well. But what I had alluded to is, you know, you've got a superstar. First of all, you want to – if you've got somebody who is special. Now, he is throw, he's had seven different quarterbacks throw to him, which is absolutely ridiculous. But he's had numerous quarterbacks thrown to him, and he still has progressed and progressed. The kid is special. Bottom line. Yeah, he hasn't missed a beat. He hasn't missed a beat. So when you have somebody special, now, you know how I feel about Odell on our team. Uh, Hopkins, to me, is still better than Odell simply because you've got the – he's got size that Odell doesn't have. Now, when you have that, lock them up, 
make him happy, show the offense that this is our guy on the outside. Listen, this is like Megatron or any other top guy. You take care of your top guy, get him happy. But here, now you finally have your quarterback supposedly in place. It's taken them years to do this. Right. But now they finally got the quarterback in place. Go get this kid some practice with him for be- the beginning of the season. That just doesn't and make this you know. Is, this isn't a knock on Hopkins by any stretch of the imagination, but it makes you appreciate somebody like Antonio Brown that much more, who is, is also severely underpaid for the production that he does. But his got his idea is, hey, I'll go to camp, you know, I'll play the season, and hopefully something gets done. Yeah, well, and, and that's the difference between somebody going, hey, I signed the contract, I'll stick to it, I'll keep playing, hopefully something gets done, and if not, you're going to pay me when it's time to come up now, because I will remember that. Oh, absolutely. So, lots going on in the NFL. I'm, I'm excited. We're, we're finally, uh, camps are rolling, and like you said, preseason games are on the horizon. Now, let me ask you something. I started out, one of the questions I started out with, was the where would the Carolina Panthers be had they taken Gabbert and not Cam? And uh, you want to weigh in on that one first? Well, yeah, old uh, old Riverboat Ron Rivera, you know, what was it last week? Came out and said that they had internal discussions in their war room about drafting Blaine Gabbert over Cam Newton. Uh, I mean, wow, talk about a shakeup! You know, you wonder then if Cam would have ended up in Jacksonville, uh, you know, and how that would have played out for that franchise but I yeah I, I like Blaine Gabbert I agree with you I think he's just kind of been in a in a bad situation he did show some promise when he's gotten a chance for with some stability but I still wow I don't think Carolina is even a playoff team with him at quarterback and that's what I want to see now is he's out there with Chip and right what's going to happen with Kaepernick, you know? Uh, It's going to be an interesting preseason in San Fran. And, uh, no, I think had he – but you see, now, you brought up an interesting dynamic to that. Had Gabbert gone to Carolina, then you're talking Cam in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville was god-awful back then. Yeah. God-awful. Also with Carolina. Uh, do you think do you, you think the, Cam would have get, gotten the chance to stick around, or would they still oh, have uh, shipped him out like they did Gabbert? Well, I, I mean, you know, Cam. I think you look just physical talent wise. Um, as much as I'm not a big swag person, you know, and all the showboating that he does, um, he does do a lot of stuff for kids. So that kind of balances that out for me. I think he would have been electric. I mean, remember, he started his college career with the Gators. So, right. you know, he he played some football not that far away there from Jacksonville. So, um, I think he'd still be there, and I think he'd be looking at a different dynamic. I think he'd be looking at a team that would have been contending uh, a little bit more in the, uh, you know, in the division, and I think Carolina would still be picking high. You mentioned the showboating and stuff like that. Are you against the end zone dance? Are you against the touchdown celebrations and stuff like that? Do you, you know, believe that they shouldn't one, have them? One of my favorite all-time players, uh, Barry Sanders, act like you've been there before. 
hand the ball to the, flip the ball to the referee, go celebrate on the sideline with your teammates. It's not an individual award. You didn't do this by yourself. Go celebrate on the sideline with the guys that helped you get there. I'm a little bit more of a proponent of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I, all this time I never knew that. Interesting. You yeah, learn something you know, new every day. Sharpie, Sharpie in the sock, the cell phone in the goalpost. You, know, the you didn't like that? Cheerleaders. No, to me, you know, put that, put that, that's WWE stuff, man. Go put that in the wrestling game. See, I think it's just, it's part of the show. It's entertainment. This is the entertainment business. But it's the ultimate team sport. And I just, to me, it's an individual look it's at me. It's two individual me, moves. Look what I did. You know, right. I'm just, it's more, you know, beat my chest. Look what I just did. Well, hey, Jack, you wouldn't have got there without the other 10 guys on the field, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you felt the same way, like, with uh, Aaron Rodgers doing the belt and everything. You know, I'm not a big fan of that either. I think that was a little more low-key. You know, he didn't run all the way down to the end zone to do the belt. He kind of did it back there. You know, the the fist pump from Joe Montana, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's back. A lot of that's off camera. You know, you don't – as many times as Aaron Rodgers probably hip thrust, you probably don't see it near as much as he does it. All right. Next one, Jimmy Graham and the uh, dunking on the goalpost. How do you feel about that one? That one doesn't bother me as much. It's a little quicker. You just kind of go up, you slam the ball, you go back to the sideline. You know, I didn't see a lot of the you – know, he didn't break it down, MC Hammer on the sideline after he did it. Uh, you know, went up, dunked the ball, and go. Again, not my favorite, but a little more low-key. Not too much of a problem. Icky shuffle. That was just a horrible dance. It was like watching that movie <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. You know, it's like watching Super Mario Brothers. It was such a bad movie, you couldn't help but watch it. You couldn't look away. So, you know, I think I, I, I lopped that into that into that category. Okay, and, and the last one I got to ask you about, because, you know, I started to like these in the Outlawed, being able to use the ball as a prop. But all the ones where they were rocking the baby or, you know, making like they were golfing with it or you didn't like any of those? No. Yeah. I'm not. A, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. No. Uh, didn't like those. Those were terrible. Yeah. Those were terrible. Fun Bunch. It, the Fun Bunch back uh Washington. Come up the Smurfs? Ricky Sanders yeah. and yeah, and all those boys, yeah. When um, you had them all celebrating and jumping together in the end zone, what about you them? You know what? At least, at least that was more of a team thing. Gotcha. That's why I wanted to ask you that one because it was a group of guys on that one. You know, it was more of a team thing. You know, it was like okay, you know, celebrating with his teammates. Yeah, you know, that's a little better. Cool. Cool. All right, I got gotcha. you. Hey, right, well, hey, listen, folks, there you go. We have, uh, right off the bat, learned a little something about JT today and about celebrations. You know, you can go ahead and send them a tw- uh, Twitter note. Uh, tweet, tweet, tweet. You can tweet him, Fez, F-E-Z, 437, and tell them, I want to see celebrations. Anyway, folks, we got to take a break right now. That was uh, we're going to get back to talking to, about some football, but first we have to pay some bills. Hi, Thank folks. You. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. 
Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find uh, Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive. Love those guys, too. I'll tell you, absolutely fantastic time. Uh, my wife, Mrs. Jester, and I just went out with uh, Ryan and the gang, Captain Sue, Autumn, Walt, Roger, the gang, did a wonderful job of making us feel at home. Uh, great job, guys. Again, that's Deep Obsession Charters, 561-707-2045. JT, I'm telling you, next time down here, brother, I'm going to take you on one of those. It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You, you sold me on that, so definitely looking forward to checking them out. Oh, my God, it's so much fun. They're great people, too. Like I said, uh, it's not just the experience. It, it, they just make you feel like family. But all right, now back to football because I tell you, like I said, I can talk. I don't know about you, JT, I, I, and we've, I think we've tested this theory a couple times. I literally can talk football all day, and sometimes half that day is with you, it seems like. Oh, yeah. It's football, man. It's, it's you know, off-season's been long. The summer's been longer and hotter. And, uh, you know, we got guys back on the field. I think every team take camp or broke camp by now. Uh, and like you said, Hall of Fame game is not too far away. And uh, I will be hopefully attending that, seeing as how Canton's not too far away from me. Beautiful. Beautiful. That would be great. like to like to hear uh, you, what you got from there. What I, we're going to do is, before I get to the questions that we had, I wanted to ask you, JT, um, you picked up, you guys, uh, for those who don't know, JT's team is the Miami Dolphins, and it kills me to say it uh, because I'm not a Dolphins fan, but I do cover them since they're the local guys. Um, I hate to see JT happy like he is, but JT, they, <laughs> you, you got a squad this year, huh? Oh, we do, unless you listen to recently retired Greg Jennings, who's getting a um, consolation prize uh, trip to NFL Network this week on their TV shows. You know, it's funny. You got him out there throwing it out there that Ryan Tannehill just doesn't have it, the it being in quotations. And I enjoyed, wow. it, you know, when asked, when asked what it was, Greg Jennings couldn't come up with anything. 
So yet again, who guys? It sounded good coming out. You know, since he wrote Aaron Rodgers' coattails for all those years and Brett Favre's coattails for all those years, now when he has to do something on his own, he he clams up. So you know, that's my uh, mini rant towards Greg Jennings and his opinion. So, but as a Dolphin fan. You know, a lot of the recent stuff I've been reading, you know, Arian Foster starts on the pup list. I wish you could see my shock face on that one. Um, I wasn't a big fan of that signing. I mean, if a mouse farts in the field, the guy's out for a month with a concussion. So, you know, go figure. Um, but the rest well, of the Oh, a simple solution. Up. Clear out the mice. Yeah, get rid of the mice. I mean, you know, it, you would think an organization like that could afford a good pest control company to do that. But, uh, you know, I tell you what, I've said it on this show before, I'll say it again. And Dominican Sue showing up to all the voluntary workouts is going to be huge for our team. Because that is not something that he's done in the past. And if he's buying in, the other guys are going to. Uh, you know, one of the things, and that's what I don't understand, is people picking on Tannehill. You know, this wasn't on our schedule, and I, I just I had to throw it out there because uh, I'm having a couple of people struggle with my 11 and 5 theory uh, mm-hmm. for the team this year. And, you know, and I hear now what you're saying, and I'd really love to speak to uh, Mr. Jennings again. I am not a Dolphins fan, but I do cover them. So, in other words, while I don't root for them, I have enough knowledge about this team to know what the hell I'm speaking about. And here's what I'm speaking about, folks. You want to know what Ryan Tannehill is? He's thrown for over 4,000 yards the last two years. Three years ago, it was 3,900. But he's thrown for over 4,000 the last two. He's had 27 touchdowns two years ago with only 12 interceptions. And 24 touchdowns last year with only 11 interceptions. So you got over 4,000. You got two to one at least ratio of touchdowns to interceptions. And this is a guy who's gone through different systems, a horrible offensive line. They're just starting to get him weapons on the outside other than Landry. Now, Now all of a sudden we've got receivers. Now, all of a sudden, they've picked up a lineman. Now, all of a sudden, okay, you know, I want to know what Greg Jennings is talking about here because for a guy who is only – he's coming into his 27th year, so he's only been playing for four years. And 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 except for the first year – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and we're talking about a guy that was a wide receiver for three years in college. But that's, okay, and that's where I was getting to is a guy who is a wide receiver in college, except for his first year, every year since then has thrown for over 60% completion. Every year, his yards per catch has gone up. So I, I, I want to know what Greg Jennings is basing that on and You know, if Greg Jennings has a half an ounce of set on him, you know, reach out to the show and argue this with me. Tell me where where I'm missing. Love to know what it is. And and I want to throw one last thing on top of that. Does he have a Twitter? Does he have a Twitter? Let's call him out. Does he have a Twitter? As big as that dude's mouth is, I can't believe he doesn't. But, uh, 
Okay, but we're going to have to get in touch with him. See, we, here's what we'll do, JT. I think we'll go ahead and tweet this guy a couple of times and try and get him for the gridiron guys this, uh, this Thursday. Let's see if he shows up. Let's see if he backs what huh? he says. I know if anybody calls me and asks me to back what I say, I'm, I'm there at any moment. So let's see if he can. Uh, you know, and you, you asking as a Dolphins fan, you know, going into the season, the two things I'm looking at, Adam Gase made Jay Cutler relevant. He made Tim Tebow a playoff winner. Uh, this guy has a, a way with working with quarterbacks. And lastly, not only did Tannehill go through these different coordinators and coaches, so you had Joe Philbin, a.k.a. Mr. Magoo last year, that you trade for Kenny Stills, <laughs> who, let's be honest, Kenny Stills at Oklahoma, Kenny Stills in New Orleans, the guy was a deep ball guy. So let's, let's bring him to Miami and have him run seven and ten-yard hook routes. Yeah. And then want yeah. to know why he's not producing. So Gase is going to put him in the right position. Um, I'm definitely, definitely liking what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, and that is one of our uh, actual factor fantasies about the Miami defense. Uh, we're calling for the Miami defense will register 50 sacks this year. What do you feel about that? You know, I no I, Vernon. When we first, when we first, well, that's that's just gonna, just going to help. So that's only seven and a half sacks that we're losing there. So okay, you know, Mario Williams should be able to have that by week ten. But uh, you know, I look at it and I I was saying we're going to be close. As long as he's not the locker room cancer. Yeah. Well, hey, Deion Jordan, I know he's been in trouble. I know he's failed drug tests. He was reinstated conditionally. Uh, so good player, He's got to be a good boy. Good boy behave yeah. himself. You get him on third and long and pass rush situations and let him come off the edge with either Williams or Cam Wake on the other side, you double stack that. Uh, I'm actually going to call that fact. I'm going over 50 sacks for Miami this year. Deion Jordan, it's a shame, too, because there's, there's a talented player for you guys. And if he could just uh, get somebody around him that loves him or find some love for himself and realize what right. he's doing to himself, um, he, could be, he could be phenomenal in this league, my opinion. But, again, we'll see. Ah, uh, 50. 50. Ah, uh, 50. Let's see. That's three sacks a game is 48. Are they good for three a game? Yeah, it's going to be close. I don't know. Well, you know, you look at Vance Joseph. That's a good number. Defensive backs coach, who was the DB coach for Cincinnati last year, who's now our defensive coordinator. Um, He comes from a system, comes from a system where those safeties will blitz, those corners will blitz. Uh, Then you've got the rushers on the edge. You've got Sue coming up the middle. Combined 50, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Hmm. Combined 50, not an issue. You know, and that is, that's one of the things, as you're talking about the safeties on uh, on the Dolphins, the guy that, I'm sorry, he is not talked about enough in the league. Uh, he's virtually, virtually uh, unknown it feels like, in the league, is Rashad Jones. Oh, greatest fifth-round pick we've ever made. How, I, he is – that kid's phenomenal. And I, I, I don't amazing. think he gets – yeah, I don't think he gets near the love he should. And if you're talking about setting that kid free every once in a while from the safety position, 
that's a huge help because uh, I think, oh. he, yeah, he is fantastic. I like that kid. Um, Big fan of him. 50. If they do, I'm calling 52. Hey, 52 and a half. I want the half. Okay. You want the half. Yeah, absolutely. You can get a half, too, so, you know. That's right. I mean, they All did right. count the sack for Michael Strahan when Brett Favre gave it to him for the record, you know, and took a took a dive. So, you know, hey, all all sacks count. You know, and that I really just I didn't agree with. Sorry, that. I had to. I, I had to. No, and no, it's fine. I have fun. It, it's in the record book. There's nothing we can do about I hate it. That but sack. I hate. I that hate. Sack. And if I was I, Mark Gatineau, I'd hate that sack. I hate that sack, and I'm a Giant fan just because it's not right. That's not – that's – no. I, I don't agree with it either, so don't, you're not getting me on that one. Uh, getting to some – let's get to a team that we both can uh, not like. Oh. The New England Patriots. Patriots? Yes. <laughs> Bennett, Gronk. We'll combine for more than 22 TDs. What will the Gronk do this year? Uh, well, Bennett and Gronk, 22 for the year. I go well, over uh, on that. Okay, I figured you would. Yep, and, and, and do tell. Gotta. Just gotta go over. First of all, Gronk's good for at least a dozen Without without even thinking, so I'm putting Gronk at 14, and I'm putting that I'm putting uh, Bennett at 10 to 12. Ooh, okay. So you're you're going way over. You're way north of 22. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, and it's not going to matter. All, all it's going to do is help once Brady gets back, but I don't think it's going to matter because that's who they're going to use. They're going to they're going to run the offense that Brady's going to be running, period. They don't okay. have exceptional talent on the outside. And for a young quarterback, we all know their best friend is the tight end because they're usually right in front of them. So I can't see Gronk's and Bennett's numbers falling off because of Garoppolo. Are they the same? No, but I can tell you during those first four games, I'd be shocked if at the tight end position you don't have eight right there. Two well, games. let me ask you this. So that's okay, realistic. Okay. So a few things I want to preface this with. So today, one of the big uh, acquisitions that the Patriots picked up this offseason for Chandler Jones, former number seven overall pick, Jonathan Cooper, um, injured yet again. Uh, they're not saying how bad it is. It is the Patriots, so who knows how bad it is. But the offensive line is the one position I think that they can't afford to get injuries early on. Garoppolo needs, uh, you know, time behind that offensive line. They need to gel. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big factor. So looking at it, that tor- you know sort of situation, I still think you're looking at 14 or 15 for Gronk. I have seven or eight. For Bennett, I agree completely with you. They're going to be the focal point of the offense. Um, you know, big big receiving tight ends that know how to shield defenders with their body, or Gronk just runs them over. Um, so yeah, twenty three is my mark there. Twenty three. The 
the Cooper's dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis, by the way, which is something well, that is an on and off thing and requires rest. And if you have that problem at the beginning of the season, it's not looking good for the uh, the whole season, unless they just get him rest right now. Well, because that's something that, that lingers. You, you do that now, though, and you lose the time you're going to need to gel with that offensive line. You're going to lose the time that he needs to learn that system. Uh, That's you know, all right. Broke his, leg his, broke his leg his rookie year. The thing we need to worry about if, if we're talking about concerns with our predictions is if offensive linemen start dropping like flies this year, those tight ends are going to be asked to stay in and block a whole lot more. Yeah, they'll stay in and chip. They're still going to get the ball to them. And my thing is this, is are they good for two touchdowns a game on average, roughly? Now, I figure they're good for – Think about that. Pardon me? Which isn't really that is, – it isn't that hard to do when you think about those two receiving tight ends. No, because you can – okay, Bennett can have a game off. Okay, get none. Gronk gets two. That's doable. It's not like that's unimaginable. Oh, yeah. Then there's you got a game where it's going to be one and one. So, I mean, at that point, you're talking uh, at two a game, that's 30, that's 32. At a, one and a half, let's see, that would be 24. Even at one and a half a game, you're at 24. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm going, I'm definitely going over. Doable. I'm going over. Yeah, definitely I, I definitely, definitely go over do. with that 22 then. Yeah. Definitely. Now the next yeah. one. Let's go to uh, let's go to since he misses the playoffs. You wrote that one. You so go with that. You believe that? Well, uh, you know, you look at what they've lost on offense in somebody like Marvin Jones, who a lot of people may not know about. Kid had ten touchdowns his rookie year. Um, missed last year, most of last year with some injuries. Um, but the guy's definitely got some talent. He's up in uh, Detroit now. Uh, Muhammad Sanu's gone. You know, Tyler Eifert's dealing with ankle surgery already. Um, I think the biggest loss for them, and I've said it before, Hugh Jackson. I think I know he's the offensive coordinator, but as good as that defense is, I don't see them having enough offense to make the playoffs. <laughs> You know, here's what I don't get, JT, and I want to stay on Cincy for a minute or two here for for a couple reasons. You know, I don't get – you've got a quarterback like Andy Dalton who has shown flashes of great and flashes of very mediocre, (laughs) being kind. Yeah. And there's no stability for him. I mean, how many – is this like his third or fourth offensive coordinator in this kid's short career? This I is ridiculous. He had two for like two years, and the rest were all single, if I'm not mistaken. But I could yeah. be wrong with that. But that's what I'm saying. He's had three, maybe four. I know he's definitely had three. I'm trying to think if he had four. Okay, but I know he's definitely had three, and he hasn't had that long a career to have that many. It, it just – you know, you try and get used to the system, and you see players. How many? How many of the great quarterbacks do you ask them to change their system? Usually, it's the other way around. You change your system to your quarterback, 
to fit your quarterback. Otherwise, why the hell do you have that quarterback? Quarterback. Yep, exactly. So my question is also, how is Marvin Lewis surviving and all these offensive coordinators are going? Well, Marvin Lewis has to be on the hottest seat of any coach, I think, going into uh, this season. Uh, he barely made it. I, you know, from all the reports up here, he was barely uh, retained this year, you know, this past year. So, uh, you know, Paul Gunther, you know, defensive coordinator, you know, he's a great mind. He's put some great players out there. I think Vontae's perfect, who's probably their best defensive player, is suspended for a few games to start the season. You know, that's going to be a big loss. I just don't see them having the offense to hang with Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I'm not even going to mention the other team yet. They've got a lot to show me before I even mention offense with them. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be tough for Cincy this year. Let's just, let's just call it how it is. Uh uh, all right, let me ask you, though, uh, and this is – all right, I'm going to call it as I see it. Well, once again, believe it or not, I might not be popular for this one, folks, but <laughs> I really don't care. Uh, I, I really just don't. Here's one for you. I have not with regularity seen an organization go through this many offensive coordinators – and keep their coach. I've never, ever really seen something like this dynamic that's going on in Cincinnati. And it makes me question one thing, and I'm sorry that I'm the cynic that I am, but if Marvin Lewis was white, would he still be getting these chances? Or is it that they need the black coach in the NFL that bad and they're that desperate to have somebody like a Marvin Lewis there. I mean, because I've never seen this before, where you can go through offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and you keep your job? Last time I checked, you get two offensive coordinators and you're gone. Unless you're Marvin Lewis. Now, okay, Marvin Lewis, I guess, is this great football guru. I mean, I guess it's his multiple Super Bowl championships that are keeping him in Cincinnati. Now, I think what I'm sorry, folks. In... What? Well, I think what keeps him in Cincinnati is that legacy of that Baltimore Ravens 2000 and was it 2001 defense? Um, you know, I think that people still and now you look Cincinnati's building one hell of a defense. I think they've got they're going to have a really good defense. Uh, I don't know that race has anything to do with it. The guy has been successful in Cincinnati. He's taken them to the playoffs several times, which before him they were never really going to the playoffs. I mean, we got to go back to Sam White, um, you know, when he people are throwing snowballs and he says we're not in Philadelphia. You know, you got to go. You got to go back to you know those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before they were relevant. That was for Joey Cage, by the way. Um, but you know. I think he's a good coach, and I think Cincinnati looks at one of their rival teams in Pittsburgh and says, hey, you know, this is how Pittsburgh does their organization. They don't go good. They had three, four coaches their entire existence. You know, I think that they look at that model and they say the best way to build an organization is through stability. You know, granted, the offensive coordinator is in a very stable position, 
but the head of the snake, if you will, is. So that, that's my take on that. Hmm. Uh, like I said, I just, me personally, like I said, I, I haven't seen it very often, if at all, where you go through that many offensive coordinators and still have a job. I, I just, I can't recall it. I, I, I bet you you're hard pressed to uh, think of anything like that either. I can only think of one that would even be close. Maybe Mike Ditka. Mm. But boy, we know he went through some coordinators. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'm speaking to Joey Cage real quick. Um, I, I, I want to drop this one down on you real quick while we're talking football. And uh, we had a Joey Cage reference out there uh, for the next time he's on one of the shows with us. He is absolutely sold on the idea that RG3 is going to surprise people this year. And he really feels that he didn't get the proper chance that the Shanahan's had it in for him. And he feels that he never got the chance. He was poorly handled in Washington. And we're about to see the second coming of RG3. Uh, I want to know your opinion personally on RG3, sir. Well, um, no disrespect to Joey Cage on this one, but I don't see why the Shanahan's would mishandle or mistreat a guy uh, that they gave up that many draft picks for and basically tethered their careers to his success in Washington. Um, You know, the guy was dynamite his rookie year. It, and, again, I liken it back to when Michael Vick got out of prison, signed with Philadelphia. The first six or seven games he played, he looked like the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. And then defenses and coaches started to get film on the guy, started to see tendency, started to see holes in his game, and shut him down pretty quick. And I think due to injury and due to a lot of that game film, the same thing happened to Robert Griffin. You know, the guy just doesn't seem to have any touch on the football whatsoever. He doesn't seem to be able to read a defense. And quite frankly, his legs aren't what they were his rookie year, so he doesn't have that to cover it up for. Well, and you see, that has been, first of all, my thing is that, no, he doesn't have touch on the ball. Uh, Joey's big thing, all right. Joey's big thing was is that because they didn't handle his injury well, okay, he lost trust in the Shanahan's. That that's his big thing is that that's where that relationship uh, fell apart is when they didn't handle his injury well. Now, uh, now, fair enough. Now, let me let me counter that by saying, then why did he not? perk up and show something last year in the preseason when Jay Gruden was there. Where, you know, where was it last year? Right. You know, I mean, the Shanahan's were gone. uh, That is, you're preaching to the choir here. So let me me go on record here is that you are preaching to the choir because I think the kid's a bust. I think he's a head case. I think he believed the ESPN hype. And too many subway commercials. I mean, the guy was too busy making commercials and not working on it, you know, working on the game. You know, the other thing is you've heard from several, now granted, one or two guys, Chris Cooley, if you're out there, you know who I'm talking about, came to his defense 
Maybe they were buddies. Maybe they played cards together. Maybe he owed him money. I don't know. But let's be honest. A lot of his teammates said, hey, this guy's a bad teammate. He didn't want to help Kirk Cousins in any way, shape, or form. I understand the guy's playing the position that you want to play, but it's a team sport. It's about the team and the team winning, and you still can't help the guy. Uh, He seems like an insecure guy, and he's in Cleveland. The first time he fumbles the ball or throws two picks, the dog pound is going to eat his lunch. And I don't think the guy's mentally strong enough to handle it. Other than that, it's great. It seems funny because that's all I've been doing lately, it seems like, is I've been eating people's lunch, and uh, they can't handle it, it seems. And that's okay. (laughs) It's been funny as hell to watch. Um, And as we continue to eat people's lunch, here's here's a lunch I want to chew on for you. Joey Bosa. I mean, is he for real? Uh, I, I'm just reading a tweet right now about how the they can't agree. I'm sorry? Did you get the breaking news today on, on the Chargers coaching position, the head coaching job? Apparently, Captain Obvious has been named head coach of the San Diego Chargers because when he asked what he thought Joey Bosa should do, his comment was, well, he, he really needs to be here in camp. I mean, that's that's inside information for you right there. I mean, that's that's some great stuff from McCoy. <laughs> he needs to be in camp. Do you think so? I'm Captain Soundbite, you know, thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. That's breaking news. Let's call ESPN. I, I just don't understand it. First of all, the kid hasn't played one friggin' down in the NFL, and there is a formula that they now go under for all first-round picks. You are slotted in. You are the third pick. Guess what? You go between number two and number four. <laughs> it's not hard, kid. Now get your ass in camp. That's absolutely well, ridiculous. It is, and I'm going to go back to what I said on the 420 show that we did where Noah Spence should have been the guy taken in that position. DeForest Buckner could have been the guy taken in that position. DeForest Joey Buckner Bosa. should have been the guy. Both at a three. I mean, come on. The, the Chargers, I, that's why That's why you're looking for a stadium in another city, guys. Let's be honest. Yeah. Not only, not only did you reach for the pick, now you can't even get his ass in camp. You <laughs> can't catch him. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, folks, as we get ready for the last third of the Fantasy Justice Show, it is that wonderful time once again, where we have to pay the bills. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey, from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers 
I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Headfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Headfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromthebed.com All right, and if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com All right, Ethan, one more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com that's right, folks. Breadfromyourbed.com. That's right, folks. Breadfromyourbed.com. You go there right now. You click on the one little article that they have, and it will tell you. Spend 10 minutes, not even, but how about you, like five minutes, okay? $20. Uh, if you've got a website, now do me a favor. If you've got a website out there or you know of a website that you could literally go on there for five minutes, and get $20, fantasyjester at yahoo.com. Kindly let me know. Uh, I'd return the favor. I'm giving you $20. Return the favor to me. Also, uh, fantasyjestersports.com, folks. Your kingdom for everything, fantasy sports and more. As uh, the weeks are progressing now, I'm back to writing. I, a bunch of you have missed me, and I appreciate that. We've been working on a couple of things here, and that's what I want to get to next. Um, but we are getting me back in there and writing. You'll see a bunch more of my articles this coming week. Uh, we've got a couple of good ones. I just posted a, the James Dolan one uh, the other day. Great story. I, I don't understand how that man still has a job in New York, uh, providing uh, year after year of disappointment there. I have no idea. Speaking of year-after-year disappointment, uh, that would happen to be the wrestling fan if you're in Florida, folks. Year-after-year, you have gotten used to some really um, shoddy productions, half-assed productions. And this Wednesday on FXE Live, you're going to want to pay attention to what FXE is getting ready to announce. We've got some big things going on, and really going to put some of these local wrestling outfits to shame, uh, poor ass productions, half assed wrestlers, you know, you've got a mixture down here and there are, there are some really talented wrestlers down here and they deserve a better promoter. They got some really talented wrestlers down here and they deserve a better show around them. And even more so you've got some talented wrestlers down here. And they need to be putting, putting a little bit more in their pocket than $20 for gas. That's what the promoters down here give. Let me give you 20 Let me give you 50 Let me throw you 100 Like they're doing you a favor while you're risking it in their ring. FXE. We are going to be the new standard of what Florida wrestling is. Everybody, you see what I bring to the Fantasy Jester Show, to the Gridiron Guys, to FXE Live, to my writings, to everything I do. 
Those of you who are my friends who have seen me in business, period, I'm a friggin' hen hunter. That's what I do. I go out there and I make other companies look stupid. I'm about to make a bunch look really friggin' dumb. You know why? Simple. Not one of them are going to outwork me. I dare you. You're never going to outwork me. You can't do it. Whatever business I am in, understand, I, I sit here and I think exactly what Mark Cuban has to say when I go into business. If you're going to compete with me and one of my businesses, you better realize that I'm working 24 hours a day to kick your ass. Plain and simple. This is business. This isn't friends. This is business. When we do the gridiron, guys, it's to be the best fantasy football show out there. When we do the fantasy jester show, it is to be the best sports show out there, talk show out there. When we do FXE Live, it is the best wrestling show out there. There's no arguing it. I mean, the followers so early to FXE Live is just unbelievable, and I want to thank everybody. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, Twitter followers. 10,000 Twitter followers, three months. You know why? Because we bust our ass here to do it right. JT, myself, Kid Kelly, Joey Cage, everybody in production, IT, everybody that's part of the crew. God, you know, I love them dearly. Thank God Joey Cage isn't here tonight, okay, because they're all sober tonight. Not one of them has a beer bottle in their hand. They're actually paying attention making sure I sound good. I sound great. Let's be honest. Of course I sound great. You know why? Because I am the great one. I am the fantasy jester, folks. People better recognize, you know what? Because some of you out there already are. Some of you already are smart enough to realize what we're bringing, what I'm bringing, what JT's bringing, what fantasyjestersports.com's bringing, what FXE is going to bring the Florida wrestling fan. That almost sounded like my rant. You know, that should have been at the beginning. That was just my what's coming up kind of deal. Um, what else is coming up? <laughs> tomorrow, starting tomorrow on eBay, on the Fantasy Justice swag page. It is official. Everything's going up. We have autographed memorabilia, and it is going, remember, a portion of the proceeds goes to Make-A-Wish of North Central Florida. Can't think of a better group of people. Folks, you know, we thought about who, who we wanted to align ourselves with. I'm a sucker for kids. They're the innocence of the world. So when you're going ahead and you're going to take a look at what we have for for auction, like the Reggie, Reggie Jackson signed magazine here, the autographed baseballs and whatnot, and all the other stuff that we're going to work on bringing you. Just remember you're given and it's going to, a portion of those proceeds is going to help the kids. Our wrestling shows will, a portion will be going to different charities. It's for the kids. It's for the innocence of the world that can't help themselves, whether it's hunger, health, a home to live in, whatever we can do, 
FantasyJusticeSports.com and the rest of us here are dedicated to do what we can to help the innocents of the world that can't help themselves. We ask you to join us as much as we ask you to join us to listen to us about sports. We're asking for your help for the kids, too. Thank you so much. I know the Fantasy Jester fan has a great heart, and I know you'll be there for us. God bless all of you. Thank you so much for that. That was a rant, kind of, sort of, wasn't it? Let me get JT back in here. JT, that was kind of a rant, kind of, sort of, kind of a promo, kind of, I don't know. But I'm just oh, so yeah. pumped about I'm pumped about what's going on, JT. I'm just so excited about, I mean, it was great this past week when we passed 10,000 Twitter followers. It was great to see how many people, you know, my phone, I didn't know. I had no clue. What happened was, is I started getting texts. Hey, Mr. Uh, I was getting, Hey, Mr. 10 K and all kinds of different stuff. I'm like, Mr. 10. Oh, wait a second. And then I went to Twitter. I was like, oh, what? Already? I love you guys. I really do. I love everybody. And it fuels me. You know, the followers fuel, fuel me. The haters fuel me. Okay? The haters definitely fuel me. Uh, just because, it, you know, it makes my oppositional defiance grow. Um, but the followers, man, I'm telling you. When I came back from vacation and I start seeing stuff like that, it just makes me so energized, JT. I can't wait. We've right. got some great stuff coming up. As you know, we've got some great guests planned for this month coming up in August, spread throughout the shows. You're going to want to pay attention. Oh, i tell you, I love it. Uh, we Let's get back to football. I know everybody's here. We all joined in to talk some football and – we're getting back to Jacksonville. Let's bring it here to Florida. Mrs. Jester's team there, uh, JT. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually has, uh, actually has been working feverishly to get a squad. Now, they've got a badass swimming pool in the stadium. And yeah, now they they're going to – they do. It's great. I love that. Um, it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the – what I want to do, though, is talk about the team on the field. The team on the field is really coming together. I mean, the defense, the off, uh, both sides of the ball. I am. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, you have to be pumped about what's going on. This probably is. Is, is this arguably the best Jacksonville team we might have ever seen put together in their short history? Oh, I'm, no, no, I will not go with you there. i got to harken back to the days of Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, Mark Brunell, fragile Fred Taylor, uh, a team that absolutely obliterated, you know, my boy Dan Marino's last game, you know, 60, what was it, 55-7, 63-7. Uh, okay. A team that's made the playoffs and done some damage. So I need to see the team make the playoffs and win some of the playoffs before I'm ready to go there. Uh, yeah, no. All right. I, I agree with you as far as, uh, you know, what they've done already. Granted, I agree with you on that. I'm talking about yeah, guy, this, wh- where this team is headed is headed past oh, it's headed, Brun- Brunel Jaguars. Oh, it's ascending. 
yeah, it's ascending. But, you know, a guy you know and near and dear to your heart, and Tom Coughlin led Jaguars, you know, some of those teams, you know, Tony Baselli and some of those guys, we're talking about teams that were expected to win. Um, you know, this is really the first time in a long time we've heard people expect something other than a losing season from the Jaguars. So I agree. They're definitely on the on the rise. Uh, but, again, I'm one of those – everybody looks good on paper. You know, I want to see it on the field. Well, last year that Jaguar offense looked good on the field unless you were talking about the running game. So now it's pretty much how much do you feel that running game has improved? Uh, they upgraded the position. I don't know. Um, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's go back a couple yeah. drafts ago, couple, top couple picks. Uh, Eric Fisher, who was considered a bust for the Chiefs, six-year, $63 million contract extension signed today. And then the Somebody slapped me in the head. The Somebody slapped me. That's Luke disgusting. Jokel. Luke Jokel, appropriately named. Uh, yes. Tackle for the, you know, for the Jaguars. Um, my point being, the offensive line, I still have a lot of questions on that offensive line. The offensive line is uh, is probably the only piece. Now, as I go down and look at the roster and look at the whole scheme, mm-hmm. that is the last piece. That, to me, is yeah. the last piece. You know, I thought it was funny. Um, Hardy was in camp for two days, and Jacksonville passed on him. So, I thought that was uh, I thought Good. that was interesting. It was yeah, a good place I'm, I'm for him glad where, where there's not a lot of media coverage. That would have been a good place for him. Oh, yeah. That that would have been, could have well, and you know, they don't, you know, they got a kid they took high last year out of the Gators that'll basically give them what he would anyway, coming back off of injury. Yeah. Fowler Jr. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, you know, so why bring that kind of uh, bad chi, if you will, uh, to your roster, to your camp, to your team, when, like you said, you know, they're ascending, they're on their way up. And if you put an offensive line in front of Blake Bortles, TJ Yeldon, and Chris Ivory, look out. The thing uh, about Fowler, too, is I had the opportunity to see him in the OTAs, and he was a beast. I mean, he's, he's a fast lot faster. I was good as uh, that's just exactly where I was going is I was uh, extremely impressed. I was not expecting him to be that fast off the ball. I guess, you know, I was kind of, okay. When I was looking for Fowler and, and what I was expecting was Clowney. Now Clowney to me, oh. I expected Clowney to be fast off the ball and he's not. He's not. You know, I was surprised. Talk about, a, talk about a guy that's made a living off of one hit of Fitzgerald Toussaint in the Michigan game. Uh, you know, one highlight real tackle where he blew the kid's helmet off, you know. Um, but Fowler, the thing I like about Fowler is he's twitchy, you know. Uh, he just – it's just like, bam, he's top speed. He's gone, you know. Uh, he, first he's going to be fun to that watch. That first step is nice. That's what I do. Well, and the kid's – the kid seems to read, uh, you know, we watch him in college. He seems like he reads, you know, uh, inflection, movement, something that the quarterback's tipping off that the ball's getting ready to get snapped, and he's, he's on it. 
So he's a smart kid on top of that. So he's really going to be fun. Awareness. Yeah. Yes. His awareness is, is great. You know, you're going to have Fowler. You're going to have Miles Jack and Puzz in the linebacker core there. I mean, geez, I'm telling you, you got the defense. And if you can get that offensive line just to do a little something, you've got a scary team there. I know people think I'm being silly about this or, you know, uh, I've had my friends that are in other states tell me I'm just, you know, sunbaked in Florida here, pulling for the Florida team, and I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm uh, misreading this team. You're all the way in Ohio, and you're saying that they're going to be decent. So no, that, I mean, you know, and if you're asking for, you know, we're doing factor fantasy on division champ for these guys. Don't think I'm ready to give them division champ yet, so I'm going to say fantasy, but I can see a 9-10 win team at best. But I'm looking more like an 8 or a 9 win team. Uh, I would put them at a 10 win team, worst case 9. And I just think that division with Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, Jacksonville, I think they're going to beat up on each other. I, don't, I think That's you're going right. to see a lot yeah. of series split. A lot of series split, 1-1. One, one. Uh, you know, no, not too many looking at 2-0 sweeps uh, in that division. So I think they're all pretty – Indianapolis, I think, is the bottom of the division right now. They're deep, they have no defense to speak of in any way, shape, or form. You know, so – but I think you're going to see a two-game separation from last and first place in that division. Uh, that's, that's very likely. I can, I I see the same thing. I see a lot of divisions this year where you're going to have two teams that are tied. You're going to, you're going to come down to a tiebreaker in at least one because I feel, see, I'm not sold on Indy. Sorry, not sold on Indy. And I feel that Jacksonville's main competition is going to be Houston. With that said, you've got a Houston team that is going to be first-year offense, first-year quarterback in that system, first-year running back working with that team. You've got a brand-new wide receiver in Fuller on the outside who you yourself aren't really impressed with. Um, I just see I just see a less talented Golden Tate, and not because they both played at Notre Dame. Uh, uh-huh. I just don't think his game translates to the NFL. I think he can be jammed at the line of scrimmage. I really don't like his route running ability. Can he blow the top off the defense? Absolutely. But last time I checked, even though he's holding out, they've got a guy in DeAndre Hopkins that already does all that. Oh, yeah. No, so no what, question. So what I think to the game? Here, Here's going to be the determining factor uh, between – Jacksonville and Houston uh, for that division. It's going to be whether or not Jacksonville can finally get a running game with Ivory. You know Houston's going to have a running game with Miller. You know that. Right. Now, I think the Jacksonville offense is going to be as good as Houston right now without a running game. Now, if let Ivory me, actually provides them a game. running game, yeah, go ahead. Let me ask something on that running game. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Jacksonville as a team last year 
Didn't they have like four rushing Three. touchdowns? Three. Three. So oh no, I'm sorry. Team... Yeah, four. I think. I know. I, I know. Uh, Bortles one. had a couple of them. And, you know, Robinson had one, and I think Yeldon had two. But my point being, you get them down in that goal line situation, you know, the goal line isn't the only place where you need to make short yardage. It's that third and one, third inches, fourth and one, fourth and goal. You know, I want to – I've just not seen enough of, of an improvement in the offensive line that they're going to win those battles. And, you know, Tennessee made a real – you're forgetting the Titans. They made a real savvy move, in my opinion, yesterday, signing Andre Johnson – to a contract, I think they'll use him, which Indy didn't last year. But if anything, you bring in a guy like that's a professional that knows that division to mentor a guy like Green, uh, Beckham Green and Kendall Wright and Richard. Uh, you know, so I something's got to be done with Dorio Green Beckham. Something has to be done with that kid because that is that is one. He's way too big, way too talented, way too uh, good. I love his hands. Okay, but oh, for yeah. whatever reason, I, I he's just having problems. And to get a mentor in there was a fantastic idea. But I still don't think that the Tennessee offense is the Jacksonville offense yet. I That's agree, but I like their defense still, and I think defense can keep them in some games. You think, okay, where do you rate? All right, but between the two defenses now, do you put well, the, do again, you still put the Tennessee defense above Jacksonville now with all the additions? With all the additions, but again, I need to see how Jalen Ramsey's knees heal. I need to see how Miles Jack adapts to the NFL game. We, will, I mean, they're coming. If you think about it, there are three top young guys in Fowler, Ramsey, and Jack, are all have some sort of a knee issue or coming off of some sort of a knee issue. So. I want to see, you know, how long does it take these guys to get up to speed? I think initially, in the first half of the season, Tennessee's defense will be better. I think as okay. the kids get healthy, confident, and acclimated to the speed of the game, you'll see Jacksonville overtake them. If that makes sense. Just real quick, uh, you know, because we're on the, we, we've talked about the two far, two of the three Florida teams. Let, let's just go over to Tampa Bay real quick. Uh, you feel that that team is just a, a stagnant this off season. I like Dirk. Did, did they just stay? I like, I like Dirk. I like Dirk Cutter. You got a guy that Jameis Winston really likes, really trusts. Uh, yes. Winston's dropped twenty Without pounds. A question. I like the fact. I like the fact that Winston's taking things serious. I know he had, uh, you know, off season workouts with guys like Mike Evans, who's led the league in drops both seasons. He's been in the NFL. So, you know, they went and worked on stuff like that. I'm a big fan of Charles Sims. You know, Cutter likes Charles Sims. you got a running back fantasy folks that a lot of people don't pay attention to. They caught 70 balls last year uh, and also averaged 4.8 yards of carry. You know, the, the muscle hamster there in, in Martin is an injury-prone back. He wasn't last year, but he's run into some injuries, uh, you know, over his career. And Tampa's talking about basically running the two-back set with those guys. So, their offense, I think, is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I still think that they're short on wide receiver. And it's funny, they got two six-five wide receivers, and you think they're short? No, sorry. Get it? <laughs> Very funny. Uh, no, they're still short on talent at wide receiver. Uh, as you said, Evans drops the ball a lot. 
On the other side, you've got Father Time uh, playing wide receiver. <laughs> Vincent. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, Vincent Jackson's uh, older than uh, Methuselah. And as a matter of fact, um, yeah, Methuselah calls him Grandpa. Uh, exactly. Then you have uh, Austin Safari and Jenkins there at tight end, who uh, he, he well he's always hurt. He's always hurt. So there's no continuity. If you ask me, you know the tight end to watch, uh, uh, and this is one for you fantasy folks. You want to grab a tight end late and surprise people. Cameron Bree. There's there's your fantasy. I'm telling you, folks. There's your pickup for next year for this coming year. Uh, late late in the draft, you can, you'll be able to pick them up last. I'm going to tell you right now, you can pick them up last. And then thank Uncle Jester later for that one. Defensively, I'm not I'm I'm not afraid of the Tampa defense. Ooh, okay, okay. I, I'm yeah, not. I like Hargreaves. I I think they have, in my opinion, the second best linebacker, outside linebacker in football, in Levante David. Levante uh, David and, and uh, McCoy up front. That's it. You in know, my eyes, they're strong. Well, well. Didn't they add Noah Spence? You're talking about, again, Noah Spence, okay, and Hargraves, again, are guys that have not played. Just you gave me that same argument for Jacksonville. Oh, I agree they haven't about played. guys that if, haven't played. If it, if it works in Jacksonville, that, you know, their defense looks good with these young guys, it's got to work in Tampa too. So I'm not saying they've shown anything yet, but I'm saying there's something for Buccaneer fans to be excited about. You think the addition of uh, – Oh, uh, Ayers helps. Mm. You like Ayers? I like Ayers. That's an exact guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, you know, he gets to the quarterback, and you look in that division, you know, Cam is a handful to bring down, you know, Drew Brees. uh, And then then you have Matt Ryan, who says the offense can score 30 points a game this year in Atlanta. So, you know, their division should be fun to watch. Moving on and going to the West Coast, Jack yes. Del Rio, Oakland Raiders will be coach of the year. JT, go for it. You wrote it. I'll let oh, you go absolutely. first, and then I will take you out. I mean, uh, we'll go second. Hey, I absolutely think this guy can be coach of the year. Uh, when's the last time Oakland was relevant? Back when John Gruden and Rich Gannon were were in Oakland, which was the early 2000s. They've gotten better each year. You look at their young quarterback in Carr, their young receiver in Cooper. Latavius Murray is a real NFL running back. Uh, Doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Osemele, offensive line signing, one of probably their best signing of the offseason. You know, they're building something there. And two moves that I think that Oakland's done in the last two days which really sets them up as an organization is extending general manager Reggie McKenzie for four more years because he's built this team, hired Jack Del Rio. And then McKenzie coming out and publicly supporting Alden Smith, who checked himself into rehab. Uh, it sets a great precedence for your locker room, sets a great precedence for your organization. And all those factors are why I think you're looking at the coach of the year in Oakland. Well, I actually uh, am going to go with a a little bit of a surprise, and actually you'll be happy 
I think Gase is going to get it. I think Gase is going to get it because Miami is not. See, unlike Oakland, everybody's looking at Oakland because of who they've been able to pick up. A lot of good offseason pickups, okay, added to a team that's up and coming, okay. And, and it's a little bit more expected than a Miami okay. Dolphin team. Miami Dolphins aren't expected to do, and from everybody I talk to, they all laugh at my 11-5 and five prediction, but uh, we'll see how funny it is at the end of the season. Uh, we're going to find out how wrong Uncle Jester is. <laughs> Good luck on this. But 11-5, and five, if they're 11-5 and five and they tie for that division or win the division, there's your coach of the year. Because that's unexpected. Again, like I said, Jack's being handed a team he's expected. They, they gave him offensive line help. They've given him defensive help. Uh, they, great draft, this, that, the other. They've given them the pieces. But meanwhile, okay, everybody's talking about how Miami lost Olivier Vernon, how Miami lost Miller. You know, it, it's just a matter of I can see it. I can see it happening. Good things are coming for Miami, folks. One only one thought on that, and if Oakland wins the division, they beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Oh, they they just a they are just, de- just no, it, it's a depleted Super Bowl. That that's not what it is. Super still Bowl the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, let's get right. to your boy Eli, your your resident giant topic of the show. I know you want to get on this one. You know, it's been killing me. I have had to leave you. It's the last one on there, and, and I've had to leave it there, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> I finally get to talk about the Giants. And my picked on Eli, you know. Yeah, my picked on Eli, you know, and I am surprised because you're the one who just gave me crap the other day. Uh, you know, uh, you always make sure you get something Giants in there, and then you come into the production meeting with, Eli collects his first All-Pro. I nearly fall off the chair, okay? I sprained my ankle. I'm out three weeks. Seriously, though. <laughs> I just didn't, um, want to hear, I didn't want to hear more about Olivier Vernon. That's all. I figured I might as well least control what the topic is. You're definitely not going to want to hear about him if he has a good year, too, boy. <laughs> he won't. Okay. You're hoping. You're so hoping let's, let's, beyond let's who? Let's talk about Eli. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about, let's talk about let, Eli. Let's please talk about Eli, a, please, please. A season where he threw Eli. 35 touchdowns, <laughs> 14 interceptions. And this is a guy, like you've said many times, that's known for his turnovers. Yet he's had better than two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio each of the last years. Now, granted, 2013, 18 touchdowns, 27 picks. But that was a different giant team. Guy's got Victor Cruz, who looks healthy. Odell Beckham, who I can't stand, but definitely a top three receiver in this league. And the guy that I think's rookie of the year is Sterling Shepard, who's working with the first team right now. Um, Eli has not. Oh, and Sterling Shepard's set. He's staying there, too, really at the number hard. two. That's just really hard to believe this guy's never gotten an all pro, but I think he will this year. The Giant offense. Uh, is going to be an interesting dynamic this year because what if Victor Cruz stays healthy? That's going to make it an extremely interesting team. We all know what Odell Beckham can do. 
we have a real good idea what he can do. Then you go ahead and you add Shepard, who you have already touted as a potential rookie of the year candidate. From everything I've heard out of Giants camp, and I've got a friend up there who uh, gets to see the OTAs on a regular basis, and they've told me that Shepard looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just as good as Odell is what I'm hearing. And I need mm-hmm. to see that before I believe it. But if he yeah. is, oh, my goodness. Then you go ahead and you add Victor Cruz in. Could be. Could be his first. You know, uh, I, God knows I'm hoping, but we'll see. My biggest thing isn't going to be the giant offense. I want to see what happens with that defense. And uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, I, I think the defense is going to be uh, – 50-50. We're going to have moments where they look great and moments where they get blown up. So, I don't know. But anyway, folks, that is and has been your favorite show. I know it's my favorite show. And if it isn't your favorite show, why isn't it? It really should be. If you ask me, Fantasy Justice should be listened to at any given time. Whether it's the Fantasy Justice show, FXD Live, every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, don't want to miss the next edition. You've got the Gridiron guys, Thursday, 7 o'clock. Got a great show planned for you there. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. Another great show. We love you all. Keep following us. Don't forget Twitter, Facebook. We are everywhere. We are everything to you, our fantasy friends, our fantasy family. Thanks so much for joining us. I am the Fantasy Jester. One shot. Hi. Opportunity. Out of here. Sees everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and.